0: Good morning to you all. Sitting here in the auditorium and thinking back 50-some years when we first came to this church, Henry Owen Behrens was your pastor at that time, and uh, we were in our 20s and thinking about what it's going to be like to go to the mission field for a few years and then come back to the United States and do something here and here we are 52 years later we're still going back to Africa Uh, so great thank you so much for those who are involved in getting us here this morning appreciate you giving us the time to do that and for giving me a chance to talk a little bit from Psalm 126 and then we will uh, talk a little bit about what the Lord has for us in the days ahead in our ministry in Ghana so if you've got your Bible there Turn to Psalm 126. This passage breaks down very neatly into three little sections here. I'll read to you the whole of the psalm. It's only six verses long. It says this. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Now, this is one of the Psalms that is called the Psalms of Degrees or the Psalms of Ascents, depending on uh, what your Bible calls them, but what they were were psalms that were sung by the pilgrims uh, moving from wherever they lived in Palestine to Jerusalem for one of the feast days. Now, they were going on foot during those days, and so I don't know how far you think you can walk in a day, but uh, given the the, the terrain and the weather during those days, probably they could make more than 10 or 12 uh, miles a day walking. And uh, for instance, uh, Nazareth, where Jesus grew up, was about 90 miles away from Jerusalem. So you divide 90 into 12, come out seven or eight days, it's going to take you to go there. And on the way, there were little spots for these pilgrims to stop and get something to drink and to rest, and then pack up their things, they think, kids and animals and everything else that we're carrying with them, and go on another day. And then finally, they were reaching that, and they could see that Jerusalem was just up way a bit, and they began to sing. They began to sing songs, and this is one of those songs that they began to sing, and it's got some good things to tell us today. First of all, we're amazed at what the Lord has done for us. They look back at what had happened to their nation and lives, and they said, indeed, the Lord." has done great things, and it's like we are dreaming. When Noreen and I talk about 50-some years being involved in ministry in in Ghana, West Africa, and we try to think, well, now, when did that happen? And we say, well, I can't remember whether it was 79 or 80, somewhere near me. It's just like we were in a dream. Like we could remember things that happened, but we just didn't know when. Well, that's the way these people were. They were on their way, and they looked, At themselves, they looked at their nation, they looked at all of the things that had transpired in their lives, and they said, wow, this is great. The Lord has done great things for us. And it also says us in that verse that even the people around them look at them and say, oh, these are the people, these are the Jews, these are the ones who were in exile and came back. They are the ones who established the kingdom. They are the ones who lost the kingdom and has returned again. They are the ones who have built the temple in Jerusalem and so on and so on. And they say, indeed, the Lord has done great things for them. And what What was their response? Oh, I think it's kind of nice. They First of all, they laughed. It, it got a good chuckle out of it. They say, wow. Now, some of the things that have happened to Noreen and I, I'm not going to go into any of them because... I don't. You don't have two hours here this morning, but in the in the instance, we weren't very happy. It was just not good. But then the Lord blessed us and got us out of that in, instance, and we saw how He used it. And, and then we look back to that and said, "Wow, that, that that that's funny. That we were so afraid, and the Lord brought us out." Causes us to sing. I think every Christian group in the world likes to sing. Our people especially like to sing songs that they create themselves rather than singing the, the translated hymns. They have a different tone system there in their music. It's a five scale, five note scale rather than the eight note. And so the intervals that you and I are used to in music are, don't follow through sometimes. So they prefer their own songs. And I wish I could show you, a, play a tune for you all. there's some of the song we in one of our village churches we got a little old blind lady we call her grandma and about every two or three months she comes up with a new song that she's created and she says i want to share a song with you and so we all listen to her singing, and then we try to figure out the words and uh, many times it's full of idioms and and paraphrases and stuff like that that's a little bit difficult for Everybody to understand, but then somebody says, oh, I see what you're trying to say, and they jump in, and they'll sing it week after week after week, and pretty soon it becomes a standard in that group. They love to sing. Sharing your testimony, just going along and say, hey, this is where I was last year. This is where I am now. We're in these post-COVID days, and we can think about what was happening in 18 and 19, and Noreen's going to talk a little bit about our lives during the COVID, in a, in a bit, but we look back at that and we say, "Yeah, indeed, the Lord has done some fantastic things for us." Here we are today, sitting in God's house, listening to God's word, singing God's songs with people that have that have given themselves to the Lord. They love each other and they love the Lord. So it's time. Sometimes it's good for us to just think back, think back of where we've been and where we are. God, rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with us with him, if in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It's a gift to God, not a result of works, so that nobody can boast. I hope today that's your testimony, that God has done some good things for you, and it's good to think about it. And you will be amazed at where you are and what the Lord has done. Every one of you who has given your life to Christ, it's because somebody came to you and let you know that Jesus died for you. You may, it may have been a Sunday school teacher, it may have been at daily vacation Bible school, it may have been at camp, it may be in a street meeting. We have a vacation Bible school. We've had a vacation Bible school in Ghana for years, and uh, it, it, it involved in, the, in more than a thousand kids coming out for three days right after Easter. And uh, Noreen was in charge of all of that. <clears throat> Some of the older Christians, I mean, older, but I mean in their 30s, uh, would come to church and say, uh, we would ask them, when did you come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior? She says, oh, I was about this tall, and that man over there led me to the Lord in Vacation Bible School. And now they're leaders in the church with wives and kids coming to the Lord. That's, that's one of the privileges of being in a place for 50 years. We can see a whole generation come through kids that were just this high are now moms and dads with kids that are just this high it's been fantastic and we praise the Lord we are amazed verse number four is a prayer I'm so glad you guys are having a day of prayer that 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 encourages me because prayer corporate prayer in a lot of the churches has just kinda been set aside and you'll have instances where teenagers who know the Lord have never heard anybody over the 60, uh, age of 60 pray. And I learned how to pray by listening to senior saints. And so I hope you get everybody involved in this prayer, because this is one of the things that sustains us. It's one of the things that's going to revive this church in the United States, is prayer. Verse 4 was a prayer by these people. They saw what they had, where they had been and where they were. And they realized that in front of them and around them were people who did not know that kind of joy. And they, they, they described them like they're a desert with no water. And yet the Lord can come in with water like in the desert and restore them. We need to pray. We need to pray by ourselves. We need to pray with our kids. We need to pray with our grandkids. We need to pray with each other. So I'm so glad you've got a day of prayer. I hope, I hope that continues to be a pattern in this church. Because if we're going to revive ourselves out of this post-COVID nonsense, it's going to be because people are before the Lord with our needs. Then verses 5 and 6, <clears throat> it talks about going forth and weeping. Now, if you grew, I grew up with King James, so uh, those, those words always stick in my mind. He that goeth forth and weepeth. Uh, how many English translations we have these days, we all read something different. But you get the idea. You're going forth with just like a sower going forth and sowing seed. Now, if I grew up on a farm. I'm from northern Iowa. I grew up on a farm, and I know how, what it's like to sow corn and to sow beans and to sow uh, oats and all the things, the different kinds of sowing that are involved. Here in this idea is that a, a, a man will have seed in a sack on his side. He will put his hand in the sack and pull out a handful of seed, and if he's, got any, if he's got any expertise, he can cast that seed like that, and it will be in an even spray on the ground. Now, I've tried to do that with lawn fertilizer. And you get these arcs of green grass in your lawn. But you get the idea. Wherever that seed lands, it's over to God what happens to it. But it says it goes with weeping. Hey, I thought we were supposed to be full of joy, shouts of joy, happy. It says, but he that goes forth with weeping. Why? Why cry about it? Well, we cry because we just can't reach everybody. There are so many people in this world that need to know the gospel, need to know that Jesus Christ died for them, need to know that they can have peace of heart because of what he has done. And... There is nobody there to give them the message. You cry because of that. You cry because you know that there are people that know the truth and refuse to repent. They've heard the gospel and it goes over their head. They said, oh, that's a bunch of myths and nonsense. I have nothing to do with that. We weep at times because some of the brave people that have gone before us are with the Lord. We think about them, and hey, it brings a tear to our eyes. And then we just weep with joy sometimes when we see somebody come to know the Lord and changes their life, gets confidence in who they are and because of what God has done for them, and they grow, grow in Christ. So there's tears sometimes. Weeping does go, bearing the seed, bearing... Uh, the old King James says precious seed and that's a little problem with the translation there you have, you're talking to a, a linguist a translator so you have to bear with me a little bit but precious is not the word there it means it means seed that's pulled out and strewn that's what it is what it means and it it uh, there's a, there's an interesting hebrew construct in the hebrew language that's a little bit difficult to Translate sometimes. Uh, it it involves the same verb in two different forms side by side. And, and it's the idea here is going, he goes, bringing, he brings. That's the idea. It's two different. Okay, what that means to us is that wherever life takes you, be it school, job, the mall, the gas station, wherever life brings you, take it as your field of service at that moment. I'm going to Myers and I'm going to buy some pickles. And while I'm in the pickle aisle, there's somebody who's going to be looking for pickles. And you're going to talk to them and say, hey, have you ever wondered why they call pickles pickles? And they say, what? No. And you say, boy... Are you in a pickle? And then you go on and give them a testimony. Just, 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 just get up in the morning and say, Lord, this day, while I am going where I am going, while I go where I am going, give me an opportunity to talk to somebody about who I am and what the Lord has done for me. Some days you'll go home not speaking to a person. That's okay. The Lord didn't bring anybody across your path that day. But someday, you're going to say something to somebody, and it's going to open up an opportunity for you to say, hey, I've been forgiven. I know what it means to be saved. Do you know what it means? Are you sure of a place in heaven? Going. Go as you go. And then you will be coming back as you come back. We need to concentrate on the message. We have to sow the right seed. If you look on television these days and you listen to many of these popular TV church programs, you won't get the idea of sin and the need of repentance. All it's talking about is all the wonderful things God's going to give to you. Like he's some mail order catalog that you can check into and he's going to bless you. No, we need to tell people that they're sinners. We need to tell them that because of their sin, they are going to suffer for the rest of eternity unless they turn to Christ. We have to have the right message. But praise the Lord. There are some who are going to hear. There are some who are going to respond. There are some who are going to give their lives to Christ. There are some who get involved in the local church. And they will grow and they'll lead others to him. The harvest will become. It'll be good. I, I, I'm looking forward, kind of. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying my life right now. But I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to being with the Lord and being in heaven for a while. Because I'm going to introduce to you some of the people that we have had the privilege of leading to the Lord. And say, here's John. Continue. John continued came to know the Lord because we came to Ghana, and we came to Ghana because Calvary Baptist Church, Battle Creek sent us. That's going to be fun. It's going to take 10, 12,000 years, and I'll introduce you to all of everybody. Hold me to that. The harvest will come, how great heaven will be when we say what the Lord has done for us. So what I want for you to do this morning? is think. Think. Think aback of where you were and where you are and the great things the Lord has done for you. Think ahead. Think ahead of those things that need to be done. Those people that need to be reached in Battle Creek, in Michigan, in the United States, In Europe, Asia, Africa. People that need to know the Lord. Think of that. And then finally to think strategy. How are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? How are we going to reach our neighborhood? How are we going to use the facilities that are in our hands right now to reach people for Christ? Then we will save. Indeed, the Lord has done great things for us. We will shout with joy.